good evening, people. Thank you for listening to Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy podcast here with Dr. Irene Ching. Thanks for following and listening to the podcast. Today's episode is on menopause, the importance of understanding estrogen. So why is this important? Because so many people have asked me about menopause and I treated a lot of patients on menopause and gave a lot of teaching and uh, love to spread the information about estrogen. I hope today's episode is going to be valuable. Um, I tend to talk a bit more about the clinical stuff because a lot of people have asked me and once they hear some of this information, they like have this aha moment. Oh, is that how it works? So I just want to highlight some of the things uh, I've actually learned over the years about menopause and also some of the function about estrogen and how excess of estrogen can cause problems and also causing breast cancer. Now, menopause is a big subject and it's not easy to cover menopause on its own because um, there's so much you could do with hormone replacement or even some of the option of not having HRT. Uh, But of course, your doctor needs to uh, look at your medical history and decide with you and giving you all the choices, all the information, and you decide whether you want HRT because it's a choice. And having those information will help you and understanding how the estrogen works and what is the function of estrogen. So as you know, menopause uh, can happen at different age for different people. And hence, if you worried that you might have menopause, you need to discuss with your doctor and they will need to do some blood tests to see whether you are in menopause. The normal age to go through menopause could range from 35 to 55 or even uh, lower depending whether you're getting what we call premature ovarian failure. So it's quite unique. Different people have their own different hormone profiles. So we can't just, you know, lump everyone together and say that it has to be this way. Okay, as you know, in the graph of the population is always a dumbbell pictures because people are can have lots of numbers of people within this normal range. But there are some people who are obviously on the other end of the spectrum of their age and uh, also the hormone level as well. Now, if you look at a person living a, a long life to, let's say, you know, more than you know, 70 or 80 years old, you realize that they, uh, a woman may live one and a half of their life without a menstrual cycle, yeah? So we call it one half of her life, yeah? Let's say uh, you live until uh, menopause until 50, and then you have another 25 years. Let's say if you live to 75, of course, I wish that you have longer life and longer productive life. Uh, But I'm just saying that, so we need to think about menopause because people are living longer now and we need to make sure menopause is being managed properly. And having this knowledge, you can then have these tools to speak to your doctor and to your GP 
to get the right treatment and also it's important to negotiate and understanding some of this knowledge, okay? And understanding the hormone replacement and how the hormones works, that's how doctors, medical professional can then treat the patient. But unfortunately, some people might be lacking. They only learn about few uh, steps and they forget uh, the complexity of hormones, okay? Now, synthetic HRT, we've only got it in UK and uh, <clears throat> now uh, we've got uh, bioidentical hormone and a lot of this are offered in a private practice. In US, obviously, uh, people are using a lot more bioidentical HRT because it's more available there. And uh, so the, the thing with synthetic hormones is the hormones itself sent off an incomplete message to the cells and obviously it can fail to produce a balanced hormonal response. So why should someone consider HRT? Because it can relieve symptoms, it can prevent memory loss, it helps with heart health, bone protection, uh, and also help with growth and repairs of cells. Now, what are the hormones that regulate, regulate growth and repair? Hormones such as insulin, growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, and DHEA. What are the symptoms of menopause? Hot flushes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, anxiety, mood swings, irritability, insomnia, depression, loss of sex drive or interest, hair growth on face, painful intercourse, panic attacks, weird dreams, urinary tract infections, lower back pain, bloating, vaginal itching, flatulence, gassy, bloating, indigestion, osteoporosis, aching, ankles, knees, wrists, heels, sh sh shoulders, hair loss, frequent urination, snoring, sore poop, palpitation, varicose veins, urinary leakage, dizzy spells, panic attacks, skin feeling crawly, memory lapses, weight gain, migraine, and so th the, the list goes on. Now, estrogen has more than 400 functions in the body. <clears throat> and it's important to understand this because then you understand how important estrogen is. Estrogen stimulates the production of choline acetyltransferase, an enzyme which prevents Alzheimer's disease. It increases your metabolism rates improve insulin sensitivity, it regulates your body temperature, it prevents muscle damage, helps maintain muscles, improve sleep, reduce risk of cataract, help maintain the elasticity of your arteries, dilate small arteries, increase blood flow, inhibits or stop the platelet stickiness, it reduces accumulation of plaques in the arteries, it helps and enhance magnesium, uh, in the body, it maintains collagen in the skin, decrease your blood pressure, decrease your LDL and oxidation, helps maintain memory, reasoning, new ideas, helps with fine motor skills, uh, increase water content of the skin, thickness and softness, enhance the production of nervous or nervous system growth factor, it increase HDL, Reduce the overall risk of heart disease. It decreases lipoprotein A. 
It acts as a natural calcium channel blockers to keep the arteries open and enhances your energy, improve mood, increases concentration, helps maintain bone density, helps prevent glaucoma, increase your sex drive, reduces homocysteine, helps to reduce wrinkles, protect against macular degeneration, increase risk of colon cancer. I mean, some of this obviously just mention the uh, evidence can be a bit uh, not as concrete and not as proven. But again, it's been mentioned in some papers. It helps to prevent tooth loss. Uh, it aids in the formation of neurotransmitters like serotonin. It decreases anxiety and agitation. Uh, but of course, um, this happens when you've got symptoms of estrogen excess, especially. So you get weight gain with estrogen excess. You get uterine cancer risks increase. You get water retention, headaches, poor sleep, panic attacks, swollen breasts. So long list really for when your estrogen is too much. Okay. So increased risk of breast cancer, uh, low thyroid function, fatigue, mood swings, fibroid, bloating, heavy periods, risk of autoimmune disease, especially if you've got excess or more, too much estrogen. Now, what caused the uh, too much estrogen in the body? Of course, if you take too much estrogen, okay, or you cannot get rid of estrogen quick enough, lack of exercise, low um, in diets, uh, that is low in grains and fibers, and also environmental estrogen, which is very important, you know, from your um, food intake or poultry that has been treated or injected with estrogen. Um, and of course, uh, elevation of 16-OH estrogen, which I'm going to explain a bit more about it. Just like what I've said earlier on, um, you get a lot of synthetic estrogen, but they are not the same. Natural estrogen uh, means that it's similar chemical structure as what we are born with, okay? And uh, obviously, natural estrogen can help to protect the uh, your artery size and also helps to dilate and improve uh, cardiovascular disease, okay? There are three types of natural estrogen in the body. So E1 is called estron, E2 is called estradiol, and E3 is called estriol, okay? Now, E1 is the main estrogen the body makes postmenopausally, okay? High levels has been proven to cause breast cancer and increase the risks, okay? E2 is estradiol, which is what you normally get from the doctors, the type, okay? It increases your HDL. It decreases your LDL, which is the bad uh, cholesterol. It decreases the total cholesterol as well. It helps maintain bone structure, increase serotonin, decrease fatigue, work as antioxidant, helps maintain memory, helps absorb your calcium, magnesium, and zinc. So E3, estriol, is 80 times weaker than E2 and has lesser stimulatory effects. Um, it's evident they, they are evidence to show that it protects against breast cancer. So now they are doing uh, some papers and research and experimentally they're using E3 uh, in breast cancer patient. Okay, 
So it doesn't have bone, heart, brain protection of estradiol. Okay. Now, function of E3 in the body, it helps maintain pregnancy. It helps with the vaginal lining. But most importantly, it blocks E1 by occupying the estrogen receptors on the cells of the breasts. It helps to control symptoms of menopause and decrease LDL and increase HDL. It, most importantly, it also helps to reduce pathogenic uh, bacteria, restore the property uh, uh, of the vagina, help with proper pH, prevent urinary tract, in, uh, urinary tract infection, and helps the GI tracts by maintaining a good environment for the growth of lactobacillus. So estrogen has two main receptors that binds in the body. So you've got your estrogen receptor alpha, which increases cell growth, and you've got estrogen receptors beta, which decreases cell growth and helps to prevent breast cancer development. So E2 equally activates estrogen receptors alpha and beta, E1 activates the estrogen receptor alpha and selectively in a ratio of 5 to 1, which increases cell proliferation. Now, E3 binds preferentially to estrogen receptors beta in a 3 to 1 ratio, which may be the reason why E3 may help to prevent breast cancer. Now, after menopause, uh, the metabolism or how the body get rid of estrogen do change. So that's why women <clears throat> respond differently to estrogen receptors, uh, sorry, estrogen replacement. So there are two major computing uh, pathways that clears the estrogen. So you've got the 2-OH estrogen and you've got the 16-OH estrogen. And one minor pathway, which is the 4-OH estrogen. Okay, 2-OH estrogen or what we call methylation, it's... Um, it, it, obviously helps um, because it does not stimulate self-growth, okay? It blocks action of stronger estrogen products that may be cancerous or what we call carcinogenic. And 2-OH estrogen is protective against cancer when methylated by this comp uh, into 2-methyloxyestrogen. So how we do this is the ratio of 2 methoxy estrogen to 2-hydroxy estrogen can be measured in the urine and it's a good gauge of the body's ability to methylate, okay? Now, another way to evaluate the body's ability to methylate is by measuring the homocysteine level, okay? So, low ratio of 2 uh, of the uh, over the 16-hydroxy estrogen are also associated with increased risk of lupus. Now, so it's very important to have, um, you know, factors that can support methylation because it's very important. When you have good methylation means that you will get rid of estrogen a lot quicker. Some, some of these are supplements like SAMI, S-A-M, small e, uh, methionine, B2, B6, B12, folic acids, uh, or 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, or short for MTHR, sorry, MTHF, TMG, which is betaine, and also if you de decrease stress by reducing uh, stress hormone production. So now we go to 16-OH estrone. <clears throat> it's got a strong estrogenic activities, and it can 
um, and may be associated with the increased risk of breast cancer. High levels are associated with obesity, hypothyroidism, which is underactive thyroid, pesticide toxicity like organochlorines, omega-6 fatty acid excess, and inflammatory cytokines, which is too much inflammation in the body. Okay, now for OHE strand, uh, this methylation. Studies show that it may directly damage DNA and causes mutation. Therefore, it's proposed to enhance cancer development. Equine estrogen, such as primary, increased metabolism into 4-OH estrogens, is present in greater quantities uh, when there is deficiency of methionine and folic acids. Okay, so people who have uterine fibroids also have increased possible increased level of O. 4-OH So how can you raise the level of 2-OH estrone? So what you do is some of the things are like moderate exercise, cruciferous vegetable, flaxseed, soya, uh, kudzu, broccoli derivatives, okay, the indole three carbinol taken as supplements, daily dose is 200 to 300 milligrams, other derivatives of broccoli that have been shown to be effective are DIM, D-I-M, or called diindolimitant, a breakdown product of I3C, and sulforaphane glucosinolates, okay? And how can you raise uh, 2-OH estrone and what are some of the other things like increasing omega-3 fatty acids, B6, B12, folate, MTHF, TMG, which is betaine, rosemary, turmeric, weight loss, and high-protein diets. Okay? So, few of the other important matters here, like, for example, ob obesity or being overweight can really affect the estrogen uh, breakdown or metabolism because what happened, it decreases the 2-OH estrone and increases the 16-OH estrone. Okay, so what happened is you got uh, your estrogen production and storage occurs in the fat cells. And um, what happened is as well, uh, it also uh, decreased the SHBG. Okay, and the other issue is we, you got xenoestrogen, which are we call it 50 chemicals that emit estrogen that are toxic to the body. Okay, things like pesticides. Synthetic hormones, fat to animals, plastic, cosmetics, okay? The other issue is alcohol. Alcohol interferes with the body's ability to detoxify estrogen and increase E2 levels and increase the risk of breast cancer. And antibiotics as well. Antibiotics found in food may be associated with elevated risk of breast cancer by changing the gut flora involved in the recirculation of estrogen in the gut, we call it anthrohepatic circulation. Okay, so uh, so these are the basics about some of the things you could do to help yourself to get rid of some of this um, excess estrogen in the body. So today, I would like to end by saying, uh, please do some of these things, and please talk to your doctors about some of the things you've learned. And I put a disclaimer out there so that you understand everything you have to check with your doctor.